Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion team. This is the Rosie Report, Spring Training Edition. It's all you need to know about the Tribe in Goodyear. Daily updates, player interviews, along with other spring training hijinks and tomfoolery. Now, here's Jim Rosenhouse. This is the Rosebud Report, blossoming from spring training. And the exhibition season is underway for the Cleveland Indians as we welcome you in to another edition of the Rosie Report Spring Training Edition. Jim Rosenhouse along with you, recapping the first exhibition game played on Sunday. The Indians and the Reds and the Tribe came away a 5-1 to one winner on a windy, sunny day at Goodyear Ballpark in Goodyear, Arizona. A little bit later on in our show, we'll hear from Indians pitcher Cal Quantrill, who pitched two scoreless innings to get it started on Sunday. Indians with plenty of offense, 10 base hits, including... A pair of hits from shortstop contender Andres Jimenez, acquired in a trade with the Mets back in January, finished two for two. And uh, also Gabriel Arias, who was part of that deal with the Padres that sent Mike Levenger the other way. Indians very high on that young shortstop, and he had a two-hit game playing mainly second base. So some good stuff going on offensively. We mentioned Quantrill with a pair of scoreless innings. Also pitching well, shutout baseball, James Karinchek. Brian Shaw, and Sam Henches, who was really impressive in the eighth inning, which turned out to be the final inning on this one. Tristan McKenzie allowed the only run for the Indians over an inning and two-thirds. So a good day all around, a 5-1 to one win for the Tribe over the Reds. And Tribe manager Terry Francona had these thoughts after the game. What did you think of Quantrill? I thought he was good. Um, I thought he was real good. Caught a couple breaking balls and kept the ball down. Um, I thought he looked. I thought he looked really good. Tristan was a little. He said he was a little. It seemed like he was a little unhappy with maybe. I don't know if it was his control. He walks a couple guys. Yeah, and I don't have the specific number, but I bet you. I think he threw 41, 42 pitches. I bet you he had like. I bet you strikes to balls was just about even. Just you know, we. I mean, we. I know it's the first game, but, you know, we walked a lot of guys, especially leading off innings, things like that. Those are things that as guys get their legs under them, we certainly want to take care of because that's a hard way to win a close game like that. But that's their first time out there. Is, is that why you went and relieved with Dowdy there, to get the last out of that inning? Yeah. Yeah, we didn't want we, we to just pull the plug on the inning out of respect to the Reds. And we had another arm. We knew we were only going eight, so we had another arm. 
that's why we went to Kyle. You know, I know you were saying earlier about how you just get excited in general for the first game, just to see everybody take the field for the first time. Does it get, uh, I guess, maybe a little bit more exciting whenever you're seeing brand new faces that you guys aren't completely familiar with, like a trade, and you see someone like Jimenez for the first time taking the field and playing the way he did? Yeah, you know, and you've heard me say it before. I don't care what time of year it is. It's fun to brag about these guys. I mean, I know that two hits on February 28th doesn't make a player, but it's fun to watch and see what, you know, see him hit the ball and, and, and not just be settled for a double, but take the triple. Um, I thought we did some really good things. You know, again, one inning, uh, I think Hembry walked a leadoff hitter and next guy up hit a line drive. Tyler Freeman just put his chest literally right in front of the ball, end up turned double play. That was a fun thing to watch from, you know, might have been the seventh inning in, in, in Goodyear, but it was fun to watch. I think you guys turned four double plays. You got a good look at a lot of a lot of your middle infielders. Yeah, and I I just thought our, our guys, you know, we've we've said it from the very first day of spring training. Base running is going to be such an important aspect of what we do, and in the inner squad and today, the guys did a really good job going first to third. Um, you know, getting themselves in position where if there's a boot, we can move up 90 feet. Uh, that's going to be something we're going to need to do. Henches. Hit 95, 96 with his fastball, uh, February 28th. That's that's pretty impressive. Yeah, and again, it, you know, and and it's all staying in his delivery. It's not he's not just heaving it up there. I mean, there's so much to like with this kid. You know, you've heard me use the term a few times, but it's easy to dream when you see a kid out there with that size, that arm. You know, the pitches he has. It, when it comes together, it's going to be fun. So, is Billy Hamilton kind of intriguing for you? With his speed, and I mean, he, he, 0-2, and he worked that walk today. That was a really good at-bat, really good at-bat. And we talked to Billy, you know, because we told him, man, and we respect the fact that you're competing. And I'm sure he's been told a lot of different ways to hit, you know, and, and you know, guys have told him to hit the ball on the ground and run. We told him, he said, just be as athletic as you can. And that was one thing he said was one of his goals this spring was to be as athletic as he could at the plate and see where it takes him. But he, uh, he can change the game with his legs. There's no doubt about it. When you see a guy like Arias, Tito, what, what, do you, what do you see? I know you're just getting your first look at him. Yeah, but it's fun. I mean, you know, he's, he's young, and he hasn't played very high up the ladder in the minor leagues, but you know, he's a strong kid, um, has the ability to probably move around the field a little bit even. Uh, it's interesting. I mean, that's why – that's what – that the last four or five innings of these games are so much fun because you're seeing these guys, and again, like, like I think Mandy said, for the first time, some of them, it, it's fun to watch. Which uh, – Brian Shaw, what, what did you think first time out? I told B when he came out of the game, he's already ahead of his first five springs here. <laughs> um, I, thought he, I thought the ball came out of his hand really well. Um, you know, he had a walk to – and, and that's certainly, you know, something that we're not trying to, you know, would need to clean up as we get going. But it was nice to see him out there. I thought the ball came out really nice. Uh, Tito, with Josh Naylor, you just kept him out because of the ankle? Is that what happened? Or Yeah, yesterday when he, I guess he, you know, when he tripped going around first, um, he really wanted to play. After James talked to him a little bit, we just thought that didn't make much sense. He, he's such a good kid. He was apologizing. I'm like, what? Why would you apologize, man? You didn't try to hurt your ankle. So we'll, we'll give him tomorrow to kind of ramp back up, and then we'll put him back in the lineup on uh, Tuesday. 
That's Tribe Manager Terry Francona wrapping up the Indians' 5-1 victory over the Reds. Cal Quantrill got it started with two scoreless innings, and he is battling for a spot in the Indians' starting rotation. Certainly would appear to be one of the front runners to join the rotation after spending most of his early Major League career bouncing back and forth between a rotation and the bullpen, mainly with the San Diego Padres, and really more time out of the pen. But as uh, we'll hear from him when we went one-on-one with him earlier in the spring, he definitely does want to be a starting pitcher. He's made that clear. But whatever it takes to help this ball club win, that's the most important thing. But uh, a variety of subjects with Cal Quantrill. Cal, you look at at, at the winter time and um, you get back to, to spring training. Uh, you had a little bit of time with the Indians last year, but is it nice to kind of hit the reset button and, and, and really dive into a, a new team for you uh, as part of spring training now? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, you pretty much hit it on the head. It, last year was a nice um, exposure to the, to the Indians baseball and got to pitch in the playoffs and meet all the guys and, and the staff. I think that this year it's exciting to kind of enter with a clean slate Um you know, try and earn a role and, and, and really be a bigger part of this team and, and you know, be, be with the team for the long haul. I think that there's there's something to that. There, I think there's a lot of pride being on a team, you know, from first one game one to game 162 and, and kind of earning your stripes there. So um, I'm excited to uh, get to be a part of the Indians for real. When you're traded over, I'm sure everyone has certain expectations or, or impressions of an organization. Uh for you, was it about what you thought it would be after going through a, just a couple of months with the team? Yeah, I do. I think that this is uh, it's been fantastic so far. I think this is a focused group of people. Um, I think that it's a, a team that prides itself on, on kind of like maximizing the ability of each player. Um, I think obviously, you know, the, the pitchers who've come before me here have set a very, very high level of success, you know, set a precedent and you know, we're hoping to uh, match that and, and carry that uh, legacy on. So, yeah, I think it, it's lived up to my expectations. And, you know, the coach has been fantastic. And I just, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm just excited to try and do it for like the full time, not just uh, the quick little trip. Even though it was a short period of time, are you already on a path where, where they've been able to identify some things for you that that you feel good about, too? Yeah, I hope so. Uh, I feel like this end of last year, this off season, um, I was able to kind of dig a little deeper with the guys, talk about some things that I think make me me, some some areas of improvement. You know, what what is feasible? What can I do? You know, what should we spend our time on? I think we were able to put a really good plan together at the beginning of the off season, and I think we've executed that plan. And I'm excited to see how some of the, you know, changed, you know, I guess pitches and change delivery. You know, what kind of impact that'll have on the hitters. You'll probably get asked a, a thousand times at spring training, are, are you building up as a starter or is it still kind of a, a swingman situation for you? What's the, the deal going in? No, I'm going to try and be a starter. Um, yeah, uh, you know, I think that I'm capable of it. I want to do it. Uh, in the end, you know, I, I really have been pretty consistent with my message, so I'll say it again. It's about the Indians winning baseball. Uh, it's about us going to the playoffs. It's about us winning a World Series. You know, I'll pitch in whatever role is asked of me, but, you know, I believe I can be a starting pitcher, and that's the goal. There were obviously some roster moves during the offseason, but this team has a a tradition of of reaching the postseason or at least contending, especially over the last decade or so. 
what's the feeling heading in when, when you look at what's around you, especially pitching-wise, uh, heading into spring training? I think we're still an extremely talented team. You know, there's no denying that we, we, we've lost a couple players who I think were, you know, fantastic people on top of, of great baseball players. But, you know, part of this team, I think, is showing that, you know, there, if we go about our business the right way, you know, there's no lack of talent here. I don't see any reason why we can't continue, you know, championship type baseball. Um, we brought in some some excellent players. We've signed back some some players that we had last year that I think will make a huge impact. And I think most of all, I think some guys are going to take some steps forward. So it's, you know, it's optimistic in the clubhouse right now. I, I, I don't see any reason why we're not, you know, contending for first place in our division. Cal Quantrill joining us. And, and Cal, you look at um, just switching gears a bit. Background, um, you grew up in Toronto, which baseball-wise, obviously, to, you know, the southern portion of, of the U.S. is big-time baseball territory. I'm not sure if people are familiar with what it's like north of the border, but what is the competition like and, and the development like for a young baseball player in Canada? Yeah, well, no doubt there's there's fewer uh, there's fewer baseball players, but, I mean, there's a thriving baseball community in, in Canada, and I think it's a very close-knit community, um, and there's been some soup super talented players over the last 10, 15 years, you know, Joey Votto, Justin Morneau, before that, Larry Walker, Hall of Famer, right? You know, there's been no shortage of examples of, of what can be created uh, north of the border. And, uh, you know, I got to play on some really, really good national teams so far in my career. Um, and I'm excited just to, you know, carry on that legacy, hopefully. And, and uh, you know, it doesn't, doesn't hurt having those nailer boys uh, out there next to me every day. Bo's got a couple pens now, so we got to got a little Canuck battery, which has been fun. And um, yeah, but you know, it's certainly, we might not be turning out as many players as California or Florida, but uh, there's no shortage of talent. Is there a certain toughness factor there too? Because I imagine there's some obstacles you have to overcome just basically with weather uh, to try and get good work in and and be a good player. I think that there, I mean, there's some truth there, right? If you want to play baseball where I'm from, you, you want to play baseball. Um, You know, you don't get to just go to the, the one of 12 facilities within two miles of you. Um, you know, I was driving an hour and a half, two hours to practice twice a week post-baseball. The second I got my license, I'd finish school, get in the car, drive, get back late. I was going in the mornings on Sundays, driving two hours, driving two and a half hours to play baseball games, going on the road constantly, played in every single city that borders Canada. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, if you care about it, you can do it. And I think that that's kind of fun. You see a lot of people, you know, I see a lot of Canadian baseball players who truly care because it's not as maybe you're right. Maybe it's not quite as easy as getting to play and, you know, some Texas uh, baseball Mecca. So what was it like for you when you end up at Stanford, a great college program? What was that like? A lot warmer. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know, Northern California wasn't as warm as maybe I was advertised, but uh, no, it was great. I, I was I wanted to go to that school for a long time. Um, I was, you know, incredibly honored that that opportunity uh, came up. Uh, And then I got to play too. I got to pitch that first year a lot, which was just a ton of fun. Uh, There's nothing better than playing on a winning baseball team. It's, it's unlike anything else. It's when you're on a winning team, you know, right. You know, the rate rising tides raise all ships. Like it's, it's the truth. So um, I got to play on a good baseball team there and I'm excited to be on another good baseball team now. And growing up, in addition to baseball, you you played hockey through high school. Um, was that just something to do because it was fun, or or 
did it compete with baseball in terms of something that you wanted to do maybe after high school? Oh, when, you know, pre 16, I would have, I wanted to play on the Maple Leafs more than I wanted to play on the Blue Jays for sure. Uh, I just, you know, my, my skill set and I think my abilities definitely pushed me in the baseball direction. And that's all right. But uh, I still like lasting friendships uh, through hockey and still watch the Leafs play every single night. And uh, yeah, I think, uh, I mean, heck, maybe there's a career post baseball. Who knows? Can they win a, a pond, pond hockey legend? Can they win a cup again in your lifetime? Oh, they better win it this year. We've got the the pride of Scottsdale. We've got, yeah, I mean, we're, it's a good team. Uh, you grow up in a baseball family, your dad, a long career. Uh, how has that impacted you, especially once you got to pro ball in terms of, of your career and your development? Yeah. Uh, obviously it's nice having a pitching coach growing up. It's nice having someone who's been there, has done that. I think he's been as important to me for the mental uh, difficulties that baseball and sports bring. Um, there's a reason why veterans uh, earn and, and have a lot of respect in a clubhouse is because it's just one of the hardest things to do in sport, to be consistent. You know, a lot of people can turn on the gas and put up a, a fantastic season, put up two great seasons, but to do it for a long time is extremely hard. And I think that uh, there's something to be learned from people who are able to kind of sustain you know, excellent, uh, results for, for that long. Um, I definitely think that I've tried to learn some of those things as much as maybe just like mechanically how to throw a baseball, uh, you know, he didn't necessarily have the best stuff on the planet, but he was very good at what he was, what he did. He was dedicated to his craft and, uh, I think he worked extremely hard. He was a good teammate and, you know, there's a lot to take from that. And even at this stage of your career, do you still lean on him a little bit? No, for sure. You know, nobody does this by themselves. There's a reason why, you know, it's a 30-man roster, but there's 90 staff here. You know, it takes a lot to put a winning baseball team on the field. You know, we owe a ton of credit to our to our strength and conditioning staff, to our trainers, to our coaches, to some of our alumni, you know, ex-players who are willing to offer their time, to our teammates, you know. You know, a guy like Ollie Perez, like, it's not just what he can do on the field. It's what he might be able to offer off the field, right? There's a lot to this sport that goes untalked about. And I think that, uh, you know, you start adding up all those things, there's some, there's, there's some real value there. So absolutely. I mean, I'm still going to turn to, to dad if I, if I feel like there's, there's value there, but you know, I also have a ton of resources here, so I don't have to uh, necessarily hit them up with every single question. And with spring training starting and, and maybe your perspective's different because you grew up in the game, but uh, what's that feeling that you get this time of year when, when spring training's beginning? It's just, it's the butterflies, man. It, it still is. I think, you ask anybody, like you don't come, you retire when that goes away. Like when, when you don't start getting a little nervous energy building up, cause you know, it's, it's February. It's always right around my birthday. It's like, Oh baby. Like, I don't care about my birthday. I get to go throw things again. Like, this is going to be great. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's excitement. I think especially it's extra this year. You can sense it just in our clubhouse for sure. Already shortened season feels like there was a lot left kind of untold last year for us. And, um, you know, I think there's a little bit of, there's, there's some energy, there's some, some desire to show that, you know, whatever people might think about what, what was done in this off season, like the Indians are no team just to joke around about. That is Cal Quantrill, Indians starting pitcher in the exhibition opener on Sunday and uh, stay tuned on Monday. The Indians back at it 
They will play host to the Kansas City Royals. That's a 3.05 first pitch Eastern time, and that's a radio game as well. Myself and Tom Hamilton bringing you all the action on the Indians radio network with that first pitch once again, 3.05 Eastern. Thanks again for tuning in to the Rosie Report. Always great to have you with us. We'll try and crank out another one after Monday's game and bring you up to date on all the action from Tribe Spring Training in Goodyear, Arizona. Thanks, as always, to Bart Swain for lining up our guests, Court Berry Tripp and Austin Contrulis also doing their part as part of the Indians' PR department. Till next time, this is Jim Rosenhouse. Have a great day. This has been the Rosie Report. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.